You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, guys, we welcome you aboard. Good to have you with us. A happy Valentine's Day for those of you that don't look at Thursday, February 14th. Uh, and, and it could be past that when you're listening to this, but you get the point. Uh, as a uh, dark day, uh, if you love someone, whether it be a significant other, whether it be a child, whether it be your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, whoever, tell them, I love you. Don't be afraid uh, to express some love and some affection. It won't kill you. Trust me. Uh, it'll only make things better. All right. It is episode number 175 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. You can follow me on Twitter at WrestleMania621, at WrestleMania621. Now, that will cover you on everything. Uh, Not only the Redskins, but also uh, the Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals, Bryce Harper, uh, all that stuff. So if you're just looking for Redskins information, and I highly suggest you do this, you can do a couple of things. One, you go to at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked Redskins. That is only Redskins content. I put up content there uh, that I don't put up on the regular generic Twitter or the individual Twitter, at Locked Redskins. Also, make sure you check on at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net for all of your team coverage from all of our local hosts, hosts and experts all across the NFL, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Also, guys, while we're here and while we're doing this, make sure you tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Redskins when you get in the car or whatever Locked on podcast you want to listen to. Um, but when you get in your car, again, you tell your smart device simply to play Locked on a uh, podcast Locked on Redskins uh, because that is a good thing for us, and it's easy for you uh, with all the voice-assisted technology and all that good stuff. So make sure you say and tell your device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Also, while we're doing this, uh, we're running a survey right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you guys could go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, LockedOnPodcast.com, dot com slash survey you can participate tell us what you like what you don't like and by entering uh and participating you enter to win a uh, a chance to win a 250 dollars vivid seats gift card that's locked on podcast.com slash survey for that all right now that we have some business taken care of right off the top we'll begin Officially, episode number 175 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, good to have you aboard. So, since we last met, there's just been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Some quiet, some not. Let's start with this. Late on Tuesday night, February 12th, uh, again, after we last put out the uh, last episode, episode number 174, which covered Jack Gruden, Jay's son, getting popped, uh, for being a dummy uh, at One Loudon, which is a um, a nightclub, a night area, a night you know a a 
a restaurant and bar area near Redskins Park uh, and some other stuff. And certainly we put Kyler Murray back under the inside the numbers microscope and had another skin spotlight. Liz Clark of the Washington Post, who I covered the Redskins with uh, off and on. She's been uh, around Redskins Park. She's been doing other assignments. She's uh, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being um, and an excellent reporter and uh, very tied in and she's been working hard on this whole Redskins stadium issue. This seems to be uh, Liz's main focus right now for the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com. And she was uh, collaborating with her colleague, Ovetta Wiggins, if I'm saying her name right, Ovetta Wiggins. Um, And this story came out that Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, a Republican, a Republican, which is what Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen were counting on and were celebrating and were trying to push through an agenda in both Virginia and Washington, D.C. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about the whole stadium issue and Liz had reported on this that they were trying to sneak through funding and uh, some kind of control bill or, or what have you before the Republican-controlled Um, government in Washington, D.C. for the RFK land went out and changed over. And they were making progress in the Commonwealth of Virginia until until it went from Republican to Democrat. So that's a lot of politics right there for you. But this is notable because the Redskins, again, lean, especially Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder, heavy, 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 heavy Republican. They were thrilled when Donald Trump won the presidency because they looked at that as being huge for big business, huge for corporate wealth and greed. And again, that's their political alignment. So when you see a story like this from Liz Clark and Ovetta Wiggins, in the Washington Post, that Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, a Republican, informed the Washington Redskins, and I'm reading from the Post article, that he is withdrawing from efforts to persuade the team to build its new stadium and its next stadium in an area called Oxen Cove Park. And for those of you that are not familiar with this area, that is right next to the MGM National Harbor Resort and Casino and right across the border into Maryland. Uh, It's very easy to get to for the most part. It wouldn't be, uh, of course, for a Redskins game day. Uh, But Larry Hogan was looking at that area, and so were the Redskins, as a potential new wide swath of land. It is a huge, huge parcel of property. Uh, And the key word, I guess, uh, as far as what Liz reported and Ovetta reported is quote, at this time, at this time, end quote, is what his spokesman confirmed to the Washington Post on Tuesday night. So you don't have a forever, you have a at this time, which could mean, hey, you know what, back up, back down, slow down. You have to help us more because we're not willing to help you and be basically railroaded at the table here. So You have a situation here where he, they acknowledged the state of Maryland that they had negotiated a non-binding land swap 
with the U.S. government and specifically U.S. Interior Department officials that would have potentially cleared the way for the Redskins to build the, a new stadium on this property, right? On federal, uh, you know, on, on federal land. So you have that situation, which again is heavier into politics than I like to get into because I don't quite understand it all. But what is the, the reality is, is that at least for now, and by making this public, Unless Larry Hogan, again, the Republican governor of Maryland, unless Larry Hogan leaves office and somebody new comes in and for whatever reason wants to build the Redskins a new stadium, or if Larry Hogan decides to reverse, I guess, the for now decision, and again, at this time was the quote from his spokesman, so that doesn't mean forever. Unless Larry Hogan decides to change his mind and opinion, or his presentation, the Redskins and Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen have lost a ton of leverage. A ton of leverage. Basically, all along, the Redskins thought, we're going to use Maryland, Washington, D.C., and the Commonwealth of Virginia against each other, and somebody will build us a sweetheart of a stadium somewhere, wherever we want to be, and give us the best deal. Well, because the RFK land in Washington, D.C. is so complicated let's call it that and there's all sorts of issues with that um and now because he apparently at this point does not have the the land that he was counting on next to mgm to build a new stadium there and because it seems like the commonwealth of virginia a politically is a mess from all the other stuff going on and i'll just leave it at that um, but also because there doesn't seem to be the thirst and desire under a Democrat-controlled, um, uh, again, leadership in the Commonwealth of Virginia, for whatever reason they have, and it's probably a good reason because they gave the Redskins a lot of help building Richmond and the training facility and rebuilding Redskins Park and so on and so forth, and that was, again, under Republican control, the Redskins right now don't really have the leverage that they want, need, desire, and thought they were going to have to pin everybody against each other. So the bottom line is this. The Redskins right now look screwed. The quote, and in further context, according to the Washington Post, is this. We are not continuing discussions with the Redskins regarding this site at this time. However, we are moving full steam ahead with acquiring state control of the Maryland Gateway in Prince George's County from the federal government, uh, according to the spokesman for Larry Hogan, the, again, Republican governor in Maryland. Quote, we believe this site holds significant potential benefits for the region and the state, as does the proposal to expand protected federal parkland in western Maryland. We are working closely with our federal partners to finalize the transfer. End quote. Now, again, that's a lot of politics, and I don't know all of it. That doesn't mean forever. That means for now, I don't know if they had to say that in order to get the land. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this is all going to work. Again, real quickly, just kind of wrapping this up, Dan Snyder ideally would like to be on the RFK stadium site, but there is all sorts of complications 
uh, in regards to that. So, you know, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if they are going to make the progress on this that they hope. Here's what I know. It's February 14th, 2019, as we record this. And the Washington Redskins are nowhere close to a new stadium deal. It's going to take a minimum, minimum of five years from start to like really like to from getting the the all the 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 legal hurdles and all the clearances and all the environmental studies and all the financing and everything to build a new stadium. Now, Dan Snyder has a choice here. He could do it all on his own. He could privately finance it. He probably doesn't want to do that. I would pretty much imagine that he doesn't want to do that. He may not have a choice. So that's where we are. I know that's a lot of, again, heavy political slant, but I wanted to update you guys based on what Liz Clark had reported with the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com. Uh, and, uh, again, with help from Ovetta Wiggins, who is a political reporter uh, in Maryland, that, again, the Redskins dealt with at least a significant public blow for now. And at this time, that they have lost the property or the ability to negotiate with Maryland for the property next to MGM National Harbor, which they were looking at at least for leverage, if not as a permanent new home for a replacement to FedEx Field. All right, we'll take a quick time out here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. Again, I apologize for the long nature of that explanation. It's very complicated. I hope you guys can understand that. Uh, But it is very important to the future of the Washington Redskins because there is one looming scenario that could, you know, fix and end things that people wouldn't really like. And that is with the Redskins leaving the area. If, if Dan Snyder does not want to privately finance a deal and if he can't sucker a municipality to give him the deal that he wants. Uh, We'll leave it at that. All right, coming up next on the Locked on Redskins podcast, we will have a Skins spotlight as well. What odds do the Redskins have of landing Antonio Brown? We talked about odds on the last episode with Nick Foles. We'll do it with Antonio Brown and a former Redskin. Looks like he is on the move at the same position. Could he be coming back? We'll do that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. All right, guys, we welcome you back. It is episode number 175 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. So a bunch of things we got to get to real quickly. On Thursday morning, uh, February the 14th, it was reported by my pal uh, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, an excellent reporter, that Pierre Garçon, the former Washington Redskin receiver for um, five years, uh, yeah, five, uh, four years, four years, I should say, uh, was um, – was going to not have his option picked up by the San Francisco 49ers, a $6 million number in salary and bonuses, despite having a ton of money uh, under the cap. So Kyle Shanahan, the former Redskin offensive coordinator, who, along with his dad, brought Garcon from the Indianapolis Colts uh, to the Washington Redskins in 2012 and had a lot of success. And Garcon, again, uh, outlasted that administration, of course, and stayed with Jay Gruden 2014 
2015-2016. So actually, it was five years, excuse me, five years with the Washington Redskins. Left as a free agent. Him and Jay Gruden had some friction, let's just call it that way. He left as a free agent, signed a big deal with the San Francisco 49ers, uh, and it just didn't work out. Here's the bottom line. Garcon wasn't healthy, number one. Number two, they didn't have a good quarterback situation in San Francisco with Garoppolo ripping up his knee um, a couple of games into this past season and Garoppolo not arriving and really playing until late in Garcon's first year. Garcon has been injured and has been banged up a bunch. The numbers... In 2018, not very good, but when he was healthy, he actually did put up some, you know, I guess, again, some representative numbers of Pierre Garçon's career. 24 catches, 286 yards, and 11.9 average, a long of 25, and one touchdown. But he didn't play again after November the 1st against the Oakland Raiders, in which he had three catches for 56 yards and that touchdown. That was his only touchdown of the year uh, before that. Uh, again, and after that, he did not play. In his career, Pierre Garçon, 628 catches, 7,854 yards, a career average of 12.5 and 38 career touchdowns. So Garçon moving on from the San Francisco 49ers. And again, people are going to ask, well, could he come back here? I, I, you'd never rule anything out, but... The way it left off with him and Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden was completely ready to move on. And the Redskins, my understanding, had no interest in bringing him back. And Garcon really had no interest in coming back despite what he said. So I'd be very surprised if you ever see Pierre Garcon in a Redskin uniform again. Can't rule anything out because there is a need, but I'd be very, 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 very surprised if Pierre Garcon is ever coming back here. Now, Here's what I wouldn't be so surprised about. And this is, uh, again, one of those things where you just kind of scratch your head and you say, well, it makes sense, but does it really? According to betonline.ag, betonline.ag, whatever that is, I've seen that around, obviously an odds maker uh, type site. I can't tell you I've ever been there. The Washington Redskins are 12 to 1 odds favorites or have 12 to 1 odds along with the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets and the Pittsburgh Steelers to land Antonio Brown. Now, this doesn't make much sense in that he's already on the Steelers and the Steelers are trying to trade him. So this might be a typo on the Steelers part. Don't know, um, but the bottom line is is the Redskins are twelve to one odds, with the Cardinals being nine to two favorites ahead of the Packers and the 49ers. And again, that kind of circles us back to what they just did with Pierre Garcon. That has been long rumored as a potential landing spot for Antonio Brown. Now, again, they would probably have to trade. Um, and, and, and work all that out because the Steelers are, are probably not going to just cut him. Uh, I would be very surprised about that. But not picking up Garcon and his money gives them even more flexibility. He's probably going to wind up with the 49ers. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan and that system would be very, 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 very beneficial for Antonio Brown. Now, can they deal with 
the attitude and the drama and all that's, uh, you know, look, I don't know if anybody's ready for Antonio Brown, but maybe, maybe just a different culture, a different way of doing things, and maybe uh, Mike Tomlin and the kind of old-fashioned way of the Steelers, uh, of course, rubbed Antonio Brown the wrong way, maybe a new age, more hip, looser culture and guy like Kyle Shanahan and his coaching staff and John Lynch in San Francisco, uh, well, not really San Francisco, Santa Clara near San Jose might do the trick for Antonio Brown. So we kind of tie those things together and tell you that we will take a quick time out here on the Locked on Redskins podcast and we'll come back with a quick skin spotlight and as well another situation also with some odds and that doesn't make sense. Not that Antonio Brown to the Redskins doesn't make any sense, but clearly they would have to trade some assets in order to get Antonio Brown, and I'm not sure if they have the assets, but then again, uh, I never think they have the assets because they've done such a horrible job with their roster management and their cap management um, to not be in a good position, quite honestly, uh, like the San Francisco 49ers are to capitalize. All right, so we'll do that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 175. Thanks for being with us. All right, good to have you guys back with us. It is episode number 175 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. We wrap things up today this way. According to FanDuel.com, which, of course, you know, does uh, DFS and all that good stuff, they put out a column. Uh, I have no idea their thought process on this, but after the reported Joe Flacco to Denver deal, which, again, cannot become official until the league year opens in mid-March, they put out a column featuring the four most likely places that Case Keenum, the now apparently former starting quarterback, of the Washington of the Denver Broncos could be traded to, and it caught people's attention here. Uh, and often we think that these people that write these columns know something specific, when in reality they don't. They are charged with creating content and buzz, and that's exactly what this did in this particular spot. So keep that in mind, but. The four most likely destinations, according to uh, somebody named Ian McCafferty, uh, who writes again for FanDuel.com, number one is the Jacksonville Jaguars. That seems to make some sense. Certainly, they are going to move on from Blake Bortles, need a veteran quarterback. Uh, They were mentioned in the Joe Flacco potential sweepstakes. Uh, There are other choices, such as Nick Foles, uh, but the Jacksonville Jaguars listed as number one. Number two, Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't see this uh, just from the standpoint of Arians seems to be very much interested, fascinated, intrigued, whatever, by trying to fix, and I understand it, Jameis Winston, saying it's a mechanics issue, fundamentals, all that stuff. They have a long kind of relationship. I think that's part of the reason why Bruce Arians got that job, took that job in addition to his relationship with general manager Jason Light. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are listed as number two. Number three is the team that, if you're listening to the Locked On Pod, uh, Redskins podcast, that you probably care about the most. And that is, well, Yes, the Washington Redskins. Here's what the column says. Washington had a playoff caliber team with Alex Smith under center 
But after he went down with a gruesome leg injury, their season spiraled out of control. With Smith out for the 2019 season and Colt McCoy also recovering from an injury, Keenum could be a one-year filler at quarterback for the Redskins. That all makes sense, right? I mean, just on the surface, if you just look at it from that respect, that certainly makes sense. The Redskins do need a quarterback. You can't count on Colt McCoy. We have talked uh, about them drafting a quarterback, uh, all of that stuff. Um, so the bottom line is, is while I can't rule out anything in that regard and just say on the surface, again, that makes no sense. Again, all of it makes sense. The problem is, as we know, the salary cap makes things very complicated. The Redskins are going to have to pay a minimum, minimum of $24 million towards their quarterback in 2019. And that's Alex Smith and Colt McCoy just combined. Those two guys alone. And again, we all know that Alex Smith is not playing in 2019, no matter what the Redskins say. It's just not. And when you look at Case Keenum right now, according to OverTheCap.com, right this moment, he's got a $21 million cap number for the Broncos. Clearly, they are going to move on from that. You can't have Joe Flacco and Case Keenum. And clearly, an acquiring team would not have to pay or not be charged $21 million under the cap because some of that is certainly dead money from the guaranteed two-year deal that he got with the Denver Broncos. So here's what I have for you, again, via OverTheCap.com. His base salary is $18 million, with $7 million of it fully guaranteed. So what we're looking at right now, with no bonuses or anything like that, what we're looking at right now is if you wanted to trade for Case Keenum, you would have to inherit the $18 million um, in terms of base salary, seven of which is fully guaranteed. Now, what you could do is instead of taking that cap hit of $18 million for a starting, which is nothing, quite honestly, these days, what you could potentially do is negotiate a settlement or trade with the Denver Broncos for less in return or whatever the situation might be where they take on some of that salary. Or you could wait for Case Keenum to become a free agent. If they can't work out a deal, take the chance that way that he gets cut and then you can sign him and, again, work out your own number. But, again, $7 million is fully guaranteed. There's no way you're getting around that. Maybe you could get it a little bit less. I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, maybe the Broncos could cover some of that base salary as part of a requisite to make a trade. Maybe they would be willing to do that. They already have about $8 million worth of dead cap money already entering 2019. So it's unlikely, but the bottom line is, is there is a possibility, I guess, that you could see that Case Keenum could become available and via trade. The problem is, is again, even if say the Redskins had to pay $14 million or $13 million or $12 million or whatever it might be to absorb Case Keenum for one year. Where are they coming up with that money? Not when you have $21 million on Alex Smith that's not going away, no matter what the de final decision is, and not when you have already $3.5 million locked up in Colt McCoy. It just doesn't make any sense. The Tennessee Titans, by the way, are number four 
on that list with Marcus Mariota. But again, remember, a new offensive coordinator. All right, so that's going to wrap up that. We're not going to have time for a skin spotlight today. I hope you guys uh, understand we had a lot of other content going on. Uh, We will bring that back on the next episode, episode number 176. That is going to do it uh, for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, episode number 175. Please, guys, remember, please remember to go and do the survey, if you can, to enter a chance to win a $250 Vivid Seats gift card at LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, LockedOnPodcast.com survey. And also, when you get in your car, uh, or I guess at home with your home speakers, uh, you should please, 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 please uh, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Redskins. Podcast Locked On Redskins. So tell your uh, device to play podcasts, Locked On Redskins, uh, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network uh, or any of your favorite podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. But we'd love for you to say play podcast Locked On Redskins. All right, that's going to do it for us. Back with episode number 176 as shortly as we can. Thanks for being with us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. I am Chris Russell. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, uh, and as well, at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all of your team coverage. Adios.